into the contest. It's Thursday the 6th of May. Welcome to our afternoon sport deep dive. I'm Tim Gilbert. I'm joined by my co-host Shane Lee, who flew back from Brisbane and it was a bit like coming back from Singapore. It took eight hours. It took it took six hours. They cancelled the flight twice on me, mate, because it wasn't full. But that's the modern world we live in, Timmy. But I'm back in Sydney. It's raining. And um, we've got plenty of sport to talk about, mate. And you had a middle seat, which is just lovely. Oh, I hate the middle seat. Yeah, not big on the middle seats myself. Today on the show, we have Steve Gillis looking at the rugby league, Drew Jones, the AFL, and John Thompson. He wrote Jack Miller off last week, and Jack Miller won. What about Ash Barty? She's just phenomenal. Amazing. Another win, of course. She's through to the semi-finals at Madrid, this time over Petra Kvitova. 15 straight wins on clay. I just wanted to mention that because it's a remarkable story. And someone that used to handle an Oliver Racket himself, the wooden type, Stephen Gillis, the number one player manager in rugby league or rugby league, is joining us now. How are you, Stephen? Good, thanks, Tim. Shane, g'day, fellas. How are you, mate? Now, listen, big game tonight, South v Storm. Yeah, no Adam Reynolds. South Sea Storm. Mm. Mm. Uh, mate, it is, it is a good game. I think everyone can remember what happened in round one where uh, Storm absolutely flew out of the blocks and, and won uh, fairly convincingly. Uh, South will be looking for revenge tonight, but um, I think no Reynolds, uh, you'd have to lean towards the Storm. Well, it might just show why South should sign him for more than one year, Steve. <laughs> yeah, it's a head scratcher, Tim. I, I still can't work it out, mate, but... Um, um, yeah, South so Professional Footy Club, and I'm sure they've got reasons for the way they're doing things. And uh, there's no complaints this end. It's, it's just unfortunate we have to move on. Now let's go with uh, another big match this round. I think it's uh, number two versus four in the competition: the Eels versus the Roosters. I'm really looking forward to that match as well. Yeah, it should be a great one, Shane. Obviously, the Chooks are down on troops that have plenty of spirit, yeah. and the Eels have been quite methodical this year. If you watch them play, they, they pretty much. Well, they don't play an ad-lib sort of brand. They pretty much know where they're going on, on the pitch, and uh, they're very, very hard to beat each and every week. Sam Walker, he's playing out of his skin. He's one of your guys you look after his interests. Uh, his contract, now this contract has been stalled a bit because you have been reasonably busy in court with Jack DeBell, and that seems like it's coming to a conclusion over the next few days. Um, uh, what will happen with Sam Walker? Yeah, still talks have commenced with the Roosters, uh, Tim, and... Uh, Talks have been very positive, and it's just a matter of working through the process. Uh, Sam's uh, very happy at the club; would like to stay at the club, and I think we all know that the club's the right place for Sam. So uh, I would anticipate that a deal will be struck at, at some stage, uh, providing we don't hit any uh, in, any hiccups along the way. Hey, Steve, what about Kevin Walters? He's getting he's getting a lot of headlines in Sydney, let alone what it must be like in a, in a one team town in Brisbane. Uh, it's funny when you see the coach in the paper a lot more than the team, isn't it? Yeah, well, they're that type of club, Shane, aren't they? Where uh, everyone, whether they're winning or losing, everyone wants to talk about the Broncos. Uh, Kevy, they got a two-year deal there at Brisbane, and obviously this year's pretty much gone. So uh, next year, the Broncos are going to have to fire. It might be the last we see of Kevy. So all hands on deck at the Broncos. They need to perform. They need to turn the ship around quickly, and I think you'll see some improvements improvement in them uh, heading forward. Steve Gillis, thank you so much for coming on the show. And if I can say this, as a friend and someone that's worked with you for a long time, I really admire the way that you stand by your players. Jack DeBellin obviously been through a very difficult time, but you've been with him the whole way. And it's uh, extraordinary to see someone who's committed to sports people. But you do that with all 
the players that are under your stewardship. Have a good day. Thanks, Jimmy. See you, boys. Coming up on Afternoon Sports, some cracking AFL games on the way. From Fox Sports, Drew Jones. Time for the centre bounce. Let's talk AFL and from Fox Sports, Drew Jones. This is a huge game, isn't it? Geelong and the Tigers. Oof, grand final rematch. And boys, by the way, since I've hosted Afternoon Sport, I'm getting stopped in the street. People are asking me, do you know Tim Gilbert? Do you know Shane Lee? Do you know Dan McHugh? Do you know the team? I said, I know him well. And it was a real career highlight. Oh, mate, it's very nice. Oh, yeah. well, it's, it'll happen again. Don't worry. It'll happen again. It may happen on a permanent basis the way <laughs> we're going. But look, this grand final rematch is a, is a ripper, isn't it, bud? Yeah, okay. So what's exciting me so much about this matchup is that they're both coming in in good form. So Geelong um, have shown now that they've got that ceiling, that game against West Coast where they were just relentless um, with their pressure and then they started to get things going with their forward line and Tom Hawkins and Jeremy Cameron and their lesser lights started to stand up like they did last year. That was the way they got to the grand final with contributions right across the park. And then as far as Richmond go, they have flexed their muscles the last couple of weeks, haven't they? After a little stumble earlier in the season, a couple of losses back to back to absolutely destroy St Kilda and then to knock off the unbeaten Western Bulldogs last week. And let's not forget, Dustin Martin wasn't playing along with a host Mm. of other premiership players. The Tigers are purring right now, that's for sure. And Geelong get a chance to really test themselves. I I know they had a really close loss against the Swans last week, but the Swans are a good site. They're hard to play Mm. at the SCG and it did come right down to the wire. So both of them are heading in the right direction. It's a perfect time to have a grand final rematch. Mate, if the Tigers are purring, the Swans are swanning, mate. That was, that was a great win over, over Geelong, but a big match this week against Melbourne. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Buddy Franklin, very likely to come back and play, probably a little earlier than we expected, but that's great news to see Bud back at the MCG because we missed out on that last time, if you remember, yep. he rested for that Richmond game. The What was so impressive about the Swans win, Shane, was that I think after that really positive start to the season, they were starting to look a little tired, Yep. maybe a, a little ragged, not quite as slick as they had been. And probably the expectation was they'll start to lose these games against the top sides. Well, they they defied all of those predictions and some. You know, they were tough. They were skillful. They got the job done when the they pressure fought. was on. Yep. Yeah, they showed that they are a legit mm. top eight side. Mm. So I, I think you should be really buoyed by that result and the response, you know, the young players, you know, Braden Campbell, Aaron Gould, Errol Gould, and, you know, those types, you know, McInerney was the one that stood up, you know, they got row bottom kicked that goal late. So they're getting contributions from more than just those guys who had the buzz at the start of the year. Um, And Melbourne, you know, they've defined Mm. all logic really to be top of the table. They've won a couple of really, you know, big games against Richmond and Geelong. So they've shown they're the real deal. So it should be an absolute cracker at the gym. Yeah. These fans are brushing off their uh, Beatles records because uh, they were touring last time they w- they won the flag. What what about COVID, mate? It, it's mixed it up over there in Western Australia. There's a, a bloke that's gone uh, positive in Sydney, which is threatening to uh, toss up the fixture again. Yeah, so I, I know the AFL are on very high alert mm. for GWS's game this weekend, um, and it's unfortunate that this is happening, but 
not altogether surprising. There are going to be things that, that pop up here and there. And, um, you know, West Coast even put a call in just before the Derby or, you know, a few hours before the Derby just to check, is there any chance we can push this back? Because if we don't have a crowd today, we're going to lose 2 million bucks. Um, and the AFL, you know, while sympathetic to West Coast, and I believe there will be some sort of compensation, um, they've said, look, we've just got to play the game while we can because you just never know what's going to happen down the track. It might be hard to make these up later on. Um, so as always, the AFL have shown when it comes to COVID, they're not afraid of making decisions late uh, and teams can fly on the day. Uh, so if things worsen in Sydney, um, they can relocate that GWS game. Now, how good is our contact contact tracing? The, the guy that tested positive, he went to 18 different barbecue stores trying to find a barbecue. That's dedication. I like that, Timmy. I think it always seems to happen. <laughs> the person that gets ends up having COVID yeah. does a, some sort of bar crawl or some sort of massive <laughs> shopping experience. I yeah, know, oh, right. oh, but it's, it's also a, an almost absurd insight into the practices of humanity. <laughs> it really is, if we can have a laugh on it. Uh, Drew, it's always good to chat. Loving the AFL at the moment. There really are some surprise packets and um, some great footy being played. We'll talk soon. Yep, sensational season, boys. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Drew. Bye-bye. Coming up, all the latest in motorsport with John Thompson. PlaySport is calling Game On for a new way to play, a free platform to explore and be inspired to connect to thousands of sport, rec and well-being activities in your community. Just go to PlaySport.com. PlaySport, whatever moves you. Well, they often say in the classics, too much motorsport is never enough, and it's time to chat that way with John Thompson. Now, you wrote Jack Miller off. You said he couldn't ride a motorbike. He can't handle his tyres. Boom, he wins. I might have to say that about Daniel Ricciardo this weekend. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was a sensational performance from uh, Jack Miller. He came out and really did uh, did the exact opposite to what I, uh, I accused him of, of burning <laughs> up his tyres too early in the race. He preserved it. Obviously, uh, Fabio Quattararo got off to a fantastic start and, and got a lead, but he had some issues that weren't related to tyres. It was actually uh, a compartment problem in his arm. They call it arm pump. Um, in fact, Jack Miller suffered from it in the past. So, uh, in fact, Fabio Quattararo has gone in for surgery this week to have that rectified uh, ahead of the, the next race at Le Mans, his home Grand Prix. So, uh, yeah, but Jack Miller, his first dry weather uh, MotoGP win. He won in the wet at Assen a few years back um, with Mark VDS. But now on the factory Ducati, his, uh, his main opposition will be his uh, teammate, Frankie Bagnaya, who finished second to him uh, last weekend at Jerez. So great job from Jack Miller and uh, turns around what was a dismal start to his career with uh, the factory Ducati team. Yeah, brilliant stuff from Jack Miller, that's for sure. Uh, let's go through uh, last week's uh, Portuguese F1, mate. Yeah, well, a, a brilliant race again from uh, Lewis Hamilton, who uh, outsmarted everyone, including his teammate, uh, uh, Valtteri Bottas and Max Verstappen. Um, and, you know, he's got a narrow lead in the championship, but um, uh, I think Red Bull's coming for them. You know, mm. Mercedes is doing everything they can to try and keep that car competitive. But interesting observations from Mark Webber last week that, that basically said he thinks that uh, uh, Lewis Hamilton is actually the difference in the Mercedes team. That He's actually papering over some of the cracks in a car that's, you know, probably not as quick as the Red Bull. 
but um, that Verstappen's um, less experienced, I suppose, and that that means that he's making a few little errors here and there mm. that isn't enabling him to uh, make the most of that car's performance. But let's wait and see what happens this weekend as they go to the Spanish Grand Prix at the Catalonia Circuit in Barcelona. Yeah, well. The, the Australian lens will be very much on uh, Daniel Ricciardo in Spain. And look, if he bought a winning lotto ticket at the moment, he'd lose it, Daniel Ricciardo. Things aren't going all that well. Uh, qualifying was rubbish. And look, there's so much talk. What, what happens next here, Tomo? Well, look, I, I don't think we should be writing him off just yet. He, you know, he... he he started 16th, he finished 9th, which is a pretty good effort on a very difficult track to pass on in, in uh, Portimao. And I think, uh, you know, it's only the third race of the season. Lando Norris has got a season and a half ahead of him in that car and really understands it. I think Daniel will make small improvements every race. He knows the Catalonia circuit well. Most of the teams test there in off-season testing. So I, I think he'll come, come good, if not this race, then maybe the next one at Monaco uh, a couple of weeks on from that. So, you know, I've got big faith in Daniel Ricciardo. He's making small improvements every week. Uh, this weekend, supercars at the Bend in SA. Yeah, well, it's an interesting circuit. It's a big, flat um, piece of land that they've uh, built a, a track on at Tail and Bend, about 100 k's east of Adelaide. Um, it's only been built about three years now. Um, always sort of a great place, very fast and very um, uh, oh, challenging in many corners. So um, it'll be interesting to see what happens this weekend. But, of course, Shane Van Gisberg and the man to beat mm. he's won just about every race. So mm. he's only, only lost two so far. Um, and, and, you know, he's leading the championship by such a strong margin. And in second place is his teammate, Jamie Winkup, who is in his uh, valedictory year, if you like. He's going to retire from full-time racing at the end of this year. So, um, you know, I think uh, it's up to the other teams to try and bridge that gap to uh, to the Red Bull and Paul Holden racing team. Shane had about 95,000 lunches uh, in his valedictory <laughs> year. Was, was that correct or wrong? <laughs> that's, that's sense, mate. That's sense. <laughs> John Thompson, we love you. Thank you for coming on. I, I hope I wasn't being too hard on Daniel Ricciardo. I did have my tongue in my cheek, but uh, oh, I'm maybe, sure he... maybe you might do what I did to Dan Jack Miller last week. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, that was my intention. Uh, all the best to your Seagulls this weekend. We'll talk next week. Good on you guys. Thanks, Tom. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. We'll be with you Monday to Friday every week. Follow us on your podcast app so you don't miss it. A big thank you goes out to our guests, Steve Gillis, Drew Jones and John Thompson. Thanks to Spartan Sports. Our wonderful sponsor, Spartan Sports, www.spartansportshq.com. And on the subject of wonderful, our producer, Dan McHugh, thank you. We'll be back tomorrow afternoon with your daily dose of sport. We'll see you then, guys. Take care.